come boldly before you that we might obtain mercy and grace in times of need. Father, we need your mercy and we need your grace today. So Amen. we come before your throne, O oh Lord, declaring that today, Father, you're going to pour upon us the revelation that we need to walk in strength, to walk in authority, O oh God, to access the things that you have designated for us in the name of Jesus. We Amen. thank you, precious Holy Spirit, because this is a season that is marked in the realm of the Spirit, marked for deliverance, marked for truth, marked for power, marked for authority. And so we receive it all in Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you, Father, because it is done. It is done. It is done. Our prayers have been received, oh God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Stephanie, for leading us in such a powerful time of prayer. Thank you, Praying Community. Um, such an amazing team of people that God has blessed me with. Um, I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for everybody, actually, that works with me um, in the People of Influence Network powerful, powerful leaders. Um, I would not trade them for anything. I would not even ask for anything more or any people more. Um, they have been more than enough. And I am grateful for each one of them. God has strengthened their back to carry the weight of this commission. My prayer for all of you is that as you continue to carry the commission, that God will also carry you, that every aspect of your life will be carried on the wings of the spirit, that there'll be no day you wake up and you will feel like, oh, where's my God? Because Amen. the God of this vision will be with you always. Amen. The God of this vision will carry you, will strengthen you, will empower Amen. you. As people of Influence Network increases, so you will also increase. Amen. You will not be behind the vision. You will be Amen. in step with the momentum of the vision Amen. in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen. God you all, from Mount of Deborah to Children of Influence to Eden, Influence Academy, um, prayer, rain, um, international missions, influence hub, the administration, all the nations, all the teams, all our partners. God bless you. I appreciate you from the depth of my heart. I pray for all of you today that my God will bless you. It is by the strength of your commitment and your partnership that I am able to realize my own calling and the world is being blessed. So God will bless you. And to everyone that this vision reaches because of what you give, because of what you do, because of how you support, as we reach everyone, may your name be marked also to every soul that is saved, to every miracle that happens, every deliverance that happens when heaven records it let your name be recorded beside it in the name of jesus you will not lose your reward you will not lose your reward you have no sown on a ground that is not fertile this is a fertile ground and as we grow and as we harvest you will grow and harvest in your life also in the name of jesus may the grace of the apostolic and the blessing of the prophetic be upon you that all the days of your life you your family and your lineage will never lack vision. You will never lack direction. You will never lack insight. You will never lack revelation. There will not be a day that you will not know what the next move should be. The world will not be the one to lead you. But I declare that you have grace and power and anointing from, most high, from the most high to lead this world and to lead this generation. There is a strength that is being formed on your inside to everyone that partners with this vision and everyone that gives their hand to this work, I declare over you that God, 
will give his hand to you. The hand of the Lord will be mighty upon you in the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. Bless all those people that have said to themselves, this woman, you will not be put to shame. You will not lack, will bear you up. I pray that my God bless you. I don't have a lot of things in this life. I'm not one of those multi-talented people. But one thing I have is God. I don't know how to try too much. I don't know how to be too much. I don't have natural, you know, this sense that people have. I don't have it naturally. I just, day I take a lot of things for granted. But I need you to know I don't take you for granted. The days when I don't say thank you, just know that my heart is blessing you. Know that I'm praying for you. Know that I love you and I'm grateful for you all. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for making it possible. Thank you for making it easy. Thank you for covering my shame, the shame of the kingdom. Thank you for sounding the alarm. Thank you for praying. Thank you for covering. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as I speak these blessings over you, I declare that in Jesus' name, it goes forth as a weapon from heaven to fight against every other curses that might have been released against you. Any other words of blasphemy, lies, slander, shame that might have been released against you. I declare that in Jesus' name, that these blessings override them and these blessings uproot them and these blessings go forth as warfare against them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Who's ready for tonight? Um, God has been good and faithful to us. I think this is our eighth session or something. And look, God has been good. That's all I can say. Um, out of all the days, today was a bit hardest for me, maybe because I overdid it yesterday. Yes, because we had our two meetings that we had midnight and then I, we woke up this morning, but this morning was super good. It was worth it. Oh my God. It was worth not sleeping. It was really, really good. And, you know, just when I see the testimonies, I'm so happy. Someone sent me a testimony um, of their brother that had a stroke. And the next day, they had a stroke like today. And the next day in the morning, I, I started praying and I started saying, I see a man, you know, you had a stroke. And God says, you have been. I'm delivered now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke that spirit. We declare healing. And she says that, Pierre, as I'm speaking to you, like as I'm speaking to you in 24 hours, that man is has gotten up walking around, bathing himself, eating, that the hospital, they are standard. She said, as soon as she heard it, she knew it was her brother. And she started praying. And she said, Pierre, this is the testimony. Literally, someone that had a stroke yesterday, the next day you pray. And by the day after he's walking around, she said, P.I., this is a miracle. So there are so many things that are going on, so many things that God is doing. I actually need to get better at documenting testimonies. And sometimes I just feel awkward. Like, how can I put on social media? How is this somehow? But actually, we need to talk about it. it. It encourages people's faith. It encourages people to know that God is at work. So God is at work. And so much is happening here. You just need to believe it. Don't 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 be like my son. My son today, he's been having this cold. So this evening I called and I said, you know, call, let me anoint you. And I anointed him. And, you know, and I told him this, this scatter, this cold, this one leaves you in Jesus name. Amen. 10 minutes later, he brings back the anointing oil to me and he says, mommy, you need to pour the oil on me again. I say, why? Well, he said, it has still not gone. 
I said, Judah, that's not how it works. You have to believe. He said, but it has no God. You say it will go if we put the oil on me. I said, Nathan, Judah, you have to just be patient. Please give this oil time to work, you know. So believe, believe that it has worked. Believe that God has heard you. Believe that God has healed you. Believe that God has transformed you. Believe when we pray that it has happened. This morning, we were praying about the God of revival. If you missed this morning or you came in at the end, ah, I don't know how I'm going to explain it to you. Just go back and start from the beginning. Please try to catch up. A friend of mine was sending me this evening, you know, recap, little, little recaps of things I've said. If I went, I'm reading the things she sent me, I'm like, mm, that's a word, my God, Shanda Bahaya, you know, and so she said, Pia, you have to write a book about gatekeepers. I said, it's you that is going to write it. At this rate, you are the one that can write this book, you know, and there's so much in there, you know, for us to take. Please don't let this season pass. Watch it again and again. Write it down. Write it down. Do you understand? I got a call from one old reverend today, and he said to me, say, woman of God, I need you to understand that this is not about woman. There's something that God has put on your life. You have access to see things. In this, you say, I've been a reverend for 38 years now, but the things you have said, oh, I've not heard the woman of God. I said, please, Jesus, sir, just be. He said, I'm watching. Send me link. Send me this. You know, sometimes he said, and this one is not about the amount of years. He said, when you see where God is speaking, you have to humble yourself. Now, I don't count myself to be the residue of revelation because I go to listen to many people because I'm like, hey, Jesus Christ, see what? But I never take for granted a good diet. Never. I don't take, in fact, eh, when I'm listening to people preaching, as they are preaching, as anything is hitting me, I'm giving. You don't understand. As I'm, I'm looking for the account number, as I hear a word, bram, I saw, if it's on IG Live, just watch any IG Live you see me on. I'm buying badges. At any word I hear, I'm connecting it to a seed. So when you see me flowing in revelation, there is a reason why. I honor the word of the Lord. I don't even joke with it. Even if the person is my best friend and you are preaching and what I'm hearing in God, because you see the thing about a word is the strength of a word. It's not the alphabet or the conjugation of the verbs. That's not what makes a word powerful. It is the spirit of the person delivering it. It is the experience, the conviction that is embedded in the word. So when a word is released, it is actually a spiritual dimension that a person has curated through experience, time and prayer. That is what is being released onto you. So it opens up a door of access into the word. So as I'm hearing preachers preaching, I whether you have my, like we may have finished eating Amala together, as you are preaching and I'm hearing, and I can tell that this is a key right here. I don't waste time. I'm giving. I'm like, I'm doing it because I'm like, you see, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to be as those that hear the word and I turn away and it has no mark on me. It needs to mark me. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm not teaching you this because I need you to go and look for account number and show it to my life or my ministry. I have intentionally not, I told them to not put up anything. So we've not put up anything, give, don't. It's very intentional. 
because that's not, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. That's not what this is about. If, if you have to do it, it has to be out of your own free will. It has to be because you know that is what you want to do, you should do, not because somebody cajoled you to give. No, 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 no. We are more than sufficient in the Lord. And God has blessed us with people that take responsibility for the things we have to do. I found out that it's not by talk that those things happen. It's by people that are blessed are blessed and they know the protocols, you know. So, but I'm also telling you what I do what I do, how I connect, how I enter into a thing that is blessing me. So it's part of my own priest's culture, part of the culture of my priesthood. I'm always giving and connecting through what I have, you know. So um, I say this to say this because the man said today to me, he said, this is not about how long. This is about being able to recognize when God is saying something and to be able to connect with it. So I'm giving you that same counsel today. And I pray that God will give your heart the ability um, to know how to connect with his word so that you don't lose out on a season of staring in Jesus' name, amen. So that we have a lot of places we need to enter today in the spirit. It's a journey that we are making and I welcome you to make the journey with us. And I ask spirit of the living God, let the doors of revelation be open over us. Let the gates of access into the heart, into the mind, and into the spirit of God be open. And let the gates stay open in the name of Jesus. Father, I come as a priest and I come as one that is anointed to do the work of the Lord, to lead the people into the truth of the gospel. So I pray for the grace that accompanies the gospel and the grace that accompanies the messengers of the gospel to come upon me, to come upon the reading of his word and to come upon the hearing in the of, of his word. I ask that that same grace comes upon every single person that today you would make a transition in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, in your heart, in your body, that you will know how to carry not just yourself, but everything and everyone that is connected to you. I pray that you will be a man of covenant today and the way that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob were able to carry themselves and their families into the reality of a new covenant. I pray that this power will come upon you in the name of Jesus, the same power that was upon David that made it possible for him to carry a nation into the promise of God, the same grace that was upon Joshua that made it possible for him to enable over a million people to transition from a mindset of fear into a mindset of warfare and victory. I pray that this anointing comes upon you. The Bible says that God said to Joshua that only pay attention to my word and give yourself to it. Don't be afraid. He says you will have good success. I declare that in the name of Jesus, as we make the sacrifice to give ourselves to the word of the Lord in this seven days, 14 sessions, I pray that heaven will record you your diligence. And I pray that the result of
of this thing that we are doing will be good success in the name of Jesus. Because there is success and there is good success. There is success where you climb cross over the land, but yet your family does not cross. Your business does not cross. You lose a loved one. You miss a deal and you lose money. That is not good success. Good success is when every area of your life begins to prosper and flourish and becomes evergreen. I pray that the God of good success will be your God. We'll meet with you that as we make this transition, as we enter this game, of September, as we enter the multiple realms of engagement that are embedded within the gate of September, that inside of you will be reconfigured and it will not just be a journey that your spirit makes, it will be the journey that you have become, that when people will encounter you, that the realms you enter in these seven days will be realms that you make possible for people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are not just going to meet with gates, but the anointing over the gates will be yours. And every satanic gate that we conquer in unity and prayer, I decree and I declare that they remain under your feet in the name of the Lord Jesus. They remain under your feet in the name of the Lord Jesus. I say they remain under your feet where the tongue of condemnation is raised and where the tongue of condemnation is raised in the spirit realm I decree I declare that you will appear there and you would appear with your angelic host I say by the power of the Holy Spirit that your spirit will no longer be that type of spirit that when it is spoken to in the dead of the night it does not respond today I declare that there is an activation in your spirit man you receive the ability to answer when you are called you receive the capacity to speak even when your body is asleep, I decree and I declare that your spirit is activated to be the battle axe of God. In the realm of the spirit, I decree that by reason of the consecrations we are going through, by reason of the times of prayer, times of worship, times of repentance, times of revelation that we are going through, I declare that in the realm of the spirit, you are expanding. I say you are becoming a large city. You are becoming an infrastructure of deliverance in the realm of the spirit. Everything about about you is receiving revelation to be able to deliver heavy blows on the kingdom of darkness. I say in the name of the Lord Jesus that in the day that you plant, even your planting will be a dread to Satan because the mechanization by which you will farm will no longer be the mechanizations of men, but it will be the mechanisms of the spirit. I declare over you that your mind splits open and the gate of your imagination is possessed now by the Holy Ghost. I say to you in the name of the Lord Jesus that you begin to see as Baba sees and you begin to understand as Adonai understands. There is an anointing of the master that is upon this session and it is the anointing of the maker of the heavens and the earth. I speak upon you right now that the God of Isaiah 11 is your father, the God that says that the spirit of the Lord shall be upon him. The spirit of counsel, might, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is upon him. That God is your God. I decree over you now that the spirit of Adonai, the captain of heaven, is in you. That ability to make David arise as a teenager to fight for a nation. The ability for you to stand and to declare boldly without looking at the faces of men, without looking at the democratic arrangement of the sectors of men, but speaking from the realm of truth and engaging from the reality of his throne. I declare that that capacity 
capacity comes over you. I break away from you smallness. I break away from you the limitation of culture and tradition. I declare today that every satanic altar you carried on your head, that you carried in your mind, that you carried in your spirit, altars of limitation, altars of fear, altars of shame, altars of pride, altars of flesh and blood and human ability. I say in the name of Jesus that let those altars catch fire now. I declare by the power of the Holy Spirit that they are being consumed and they are being made nothing. In the name of Jesus, I declare that a new voice is arising from out of you. The Bible says that when the day came in Acts chapter 2, that the promise of the Father was to come upon them, that there was the sound of a mighty wind, but in the entrance of the room was fire. Yeah, that came upon them and it affected their tongue. There was a three-level approach of the spirit. The people outside the room needed to hear a sound. I decree on the first level of anointing that there is a sound that is coming out of your life. There is a new sound proceeding out of the perimeters of your being. I decree and I declare that there is an announcement in the realm of the spirit that the rooms your leg cannot go into, the rooms your connection cannot buy you, the places that your legs cannot enter ordinarily. I declare that right now the sound of the Spirit is taking your name into those places and when your name arrives there, it is not just going to be the name that your earthly father and mother gave to you, but I declare that your name is now being wrapped up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and when they hear your name, a fear and a dread comes upon the hearts of men and there is a compulsion to receive you. Even your enemies will favor you because somehow they will know that there is the glory of the everlasting king upon this one. I decree and I declare that there is a sound, an unstoppable wave of sound that is being released and it is emanating from your being. It is emanating from your spirit man. The gates of release are being released over you. I said the gates of release are being opened unto you. That everything that is in you that should flow into the world is being released now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare on a second level of anointing that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that the fire is coming upon you. Let there be an ignition of the Holy Ghost as we pray, as we wait, as we ask of the Lord and we seek in revelation. I decree and I declare that the force of heaven that ignites the souls of men. It is being released right now over you in the name of Jesus. There is a holy fire. There is a holy fire. I declare that your soul is combustible and it responds to the ignition of the Holy Ghost. I decree and I declare that every dead weight, every wet wood on the inside of you is dried up now by the fire of the Spirit. I say that the same God that came down from heaven and hit the altar that was raised by Elijah, the God that took up the sacrifice and burnt the wood and he licked the water and he went to the bottom of the altar and he dried up the altar. Ha <laughs> ha. That same God is drying up everything in your life. Any kind of satanic enslavement, any kind of sin, addiction, anything that derails you from the cause of truth that you have said because of this, my altar cannot be accepted by God. I call on the God of Elijah. I 
Call on the God who says, pour water on the altar. I will consume it all. I don't need water to ignite. I am the God that answers and my fire is not quenched and my fire is not consumed by anything. I declare and I decree that that fire comes upon every one of us in the name of Jesus. For the Bible says it was the same fire that split into tongues and it came upon every one of them. So Peter, James, John, they did not receive a superior fire. They received the same category of fire, category divine, category sons of God, category born of the Holy Ghost, category children of Jesus, category blood of the Lamb. I declare that this same fire, this same fire that Catherine Kuhlman carried, that Smith Rugusworth carried, that Benson Dahosa carried, this same fire Maria Woodward Etta carried, this same fire that raised the dead, that healed the sick, that transformed nations, this same fire that caused the politicians of all to dread because the apostles who were men men had become the head and the gates of society let this fire of the holy ghost come upon you in the name of jesus from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet fire in the name of jesus Fire, 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 fire. in dombre in the kuvasai. Let the idols in the hearts be consumed. Let them be burnt to ashes in the name of Jesus. And I declare on the third level of anointing that even as the fire changed their tongues, I say to you in the name of the Lord Jesus that this fire is coming upon your tongue. This fire is coming upon your tongue. I say that you are receiving a new language. Come on, somebody. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to release declaration. There is utterance that is released from heaven right now. There is utterance that is released from heaven right now. Utterance is being released from heaven. Let me tell you something. The gates you open and the gates you enter in your face, in your spirit, is first opened through your words. Now open the gates. Remember in Psalm 24, he first spoke, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up your everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. It was the words that opened the gate. It was the spirit that journeyed through the gate. So let your words open the gate. Pare your children, carry your family, carry your business, carry your soul, carry your mind, carry your body, carry your heart, carry your ministry, enter the gate. Use your words as keys to open ancient doors. The ability to articulate the power of God, the ability to articulate the grace of God, the ability to articulate anointing. Remember yesterday we prayed that the gates of mysteries will be opened unto us. 
I say it will no longer be in, in, inarticulable mysteries, but from today, you receive the ability to articulate what is a burden in others. In the name of Jesus, some call it the spirit of prophecy. Some call it the spirit of revelation. I say to you, it is the food that belongs to the children. It is your right as a son to be able to articulate the heart of the father. Elele Moshe, Elele Moshe, Elele Moshe. The Bible says in his loins are burning fire. Did you not proceed from the loins? Do the children not come as a seed from the loins of the father? If his loins are burning with fire, that means the very thing that fertilized you to life is fire. Fire is your natural habitat. Fire is your natural place of being. Fire is in your DNA. Fire is your makeup. You were not made to be lukewarm. It is not in your nature to be passive. It is not in your nature to accept platitudes. It is not in your nature to take what is available. You are a daughter and a son of fire. Heramakasa. 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 For two minutes, begin to pray. In your car, in your house, in your kitchen, in your dining, in your study, pray. The heat does not consume me. The heat energizes me. Fire is like the way I receive blood transfusion in the physical. Fire enriches my body. Lord, fire. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Articulation is yours. And on the fourth level of anointing, according to Acts chapter 2, it's a voice that is received by a generation. A voice honored by a generation. I pray over you that the same God, that when his fire came upon them, their words were received by kings, nobles, royals, and people from every nation that gathered. I declare unto you, that there will be no place in this life that will reject you. There will be no field or sector that will reject you. There will be nothing you propose that will be refused. There will be no visa you apply for that you will be rejected. In the name of Jesus, because they received a voice that was accepted by every now land, a voice of renown, a voice that was heard by kings. The Bible says that they had to say, are this not unlearned men? How is it that they are able to break and divide such mysteries? How is it that she is able to express, articulate, and have this depth of wisdom? How is it that he knows a exactly what this company needs how is it that joseph was able to bring forth a 
solution in Egypt when he was coming straight from prison and Egypt had the greatest scientists and the most intelligent systems ever. The systems of Egypt and the technology of Egypt is still being studied till today. Yet one little boy straight from prison was able to bring superior knowledge and superior revelation. This is what fire does to you. Fire purifies your thinking faculty. Fire melts away the carnal, the carnal dross of humanity that makes it impossible for the mind to enter the wisdom of divinity. Fire burns it away so that your mind becomes light and limbo in the spirit and you can dance and journey in the revelation of God's power. When fire comes upon you, your mind is ignited. Intelligence becomes normal to you. Understanding becomes normal to you because the Bible says at the gate of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. When fire hits a man's heart, you become afraid of God. Not that you want to run away from him, but you begin to see fire Fire burns so that you can see God. Fire burns your sight and your vision so that you can see God. And there is no man that has seen him and has ever stood on their two feet. Fire. 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 Purifying. Remaking your voice. Reordaining you. Anointing you. Somebody here, there's a lady. You actually are celebrated by many people. You actually have a position in your office that is a high position, almost like a, a CEO, not the CEO. You're not the founder, but you, you, you're appointed in the highest office, like a MD or something. And But your place is being threatened. And let me tell you what the threat is now. They are saying that you are you are kind of like getting old school and your relevance is not so much and you, you are not really bringing so much to the table anymore. There's a fear that has crept into your heart in the past six to three months and you are beginning to feel like, maybe I'm not as relevant as I was five years, 10 years ago when my star was really shining. You are beginning to feel now like you have to do more to be seen, to be heard. I heard the spirit of God saying to you, I'm the God that made Daniel to survive four kings in Babylon. The spirit of God says to you that any tree I have not planted will be uprooted. And any tree I have planted cannot be uprooted. The Lord says, I have planted you as my tree. Even in that sector, I have planted you. And I have chosen to make you a voice that cannot be rejected. And I have chosen to make you relevant in every season. The spirit of God says, no position I have given you can be taken from you. Only if you choose to walk away, that is when you will leave it behind. But do not be afraid, says the Lord. He says, for I will visit them in a dream and I will tell them and reintroduce you to everybody that needs to remember who you are. God said, do not let the dishonor that has come so far Take away your heart. Don't let it take away your good heart. Don't let it take away the, your purity of thought. And do not let it lead you into sin and works of the flesh. For the Lord says, trust in me with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. Trust me. And I will show you to be the keeper of covenant. And I will show you to be the God of all ages. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory, all honor, 
power to you. All glory, all honor, all power to you. Holy Father, we worship precious Jesus, our Savior, Holy Spirit, we wait on you, Holy Spirit. We wait on you for fire. For fire. Thank you, Lord. Because the gates of fire are opened unto us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Let's go in. Let's go in. Praise God. Um, I told you guys earlier today that I have not yet started touching on specific gates. We are still on the introduction to the teaching. Um, I think we are on page, we've gone far. We're actually on page 16 of our 30 page notes because the notes keep increasing each day. So I, I trust God that by, before Thursday we will end. So this morning or yesterday evening, I started teaching about the um, eight eight um was it eight spiritual components that make up an effective gate system and so i taught you about gatekeepers um i taught you about altars and um i think this morning we touched on priests um and so this evening we are meant to start on convert on sacrifices um but before we start on sacrifices i just want to go back to just one or two things around gates and around gatekeepers i just i just i saw a couple of other notes i had written i thought you know let me this would be beneficial to them um so the the gates come the word gate comes from the hebrew word called shah i shared this last year is s h a a r shah is a hebrew word that means to split open Stay with me tonight. Shah means to split a thing open. So when we say we have come into the gates, the season of gates, and when we say the Lord is teaching you about unveiling the power of gates in the realm of the spirit, what the Lord is teaching you is unveiling the power of splitting things open, making things clear, making things bare, being able to go past the obvious and to enter into the deep. So part of the things that happened when Jesus gave up the ghost, number one, the floor, the ground split open, there was an earthquake. 
There's a reason why. The, the curtain in the temple split open. And Jesus also split open the gates in the underworld. And he was able to make a journey to the point where he, of course, we know he defeated Satan and the cohorts of hell, disgraced them, made a public show of them and all of that. But part of the manifestation of uh, an acceptable sacrifice is a splitting open. So part of the things that happens um, when God, remember the story of when God, the, the ark of God was put in the temple of Dagon, every day they will come and say that Dagon has fallen. Leg will break, waist will break, head will break. God is always breaking things. The Bible says the word of God is like a hammer. Anything it falls upon, it will break. Anything that falls upon, it will break. There is something about the splitting open that is a sign of dominance. That is a sign of victory. That is a sign of superiority. So when you speak about gates in the spirit realm, we are talking about having superiority, the ability to open things. Part of the markers of Jesus' resurrected being, when it spoke about him, was that he would he did not need to open doors. He would walk through walls. He would walk through places and just enter. So it was part of the superiority of life that he had by reason of the acceptable sacrifice that he had presented before the Lord that was accepted. So when we talk about gates, we are talking about an ability to be able to enter places of restriction, an ability to be able to permeate and penetrate through realms, a capacity to be able to navigate through every space in the spirit realm and not be consumed and taken by the spaces, but to establish superior dominance in every realm. This is what we are talking about. So the word shah means to split open. So how do you split open the matters in your marriage? To have the ability to look at a certain misbehavior and to sit down and analyze what has gone on in your home in the past two weeks, three weeks, and to be able to split it open. Because who is Satan? Satan is the master of deceit. What is deceit? Deceit is to present an image that is similar to the expectation of the view are, but actually is perverted and corrupted and, and it is, and the, the true intent is circumvented by other details that are infused into it so that even though it looks like it, it is actually not what it is supposed to be in terms of composition. So Satan is the king of presenting images that have compromised compositions. So it looks like a chair, but the composition of the chair is compromised so that when you sit on it, it doesn't have the capacity to bear your weight, but you will pay all the money in your bank account for it because it looks like a chair. So that's what Satan does. Satan will present images to you that have compromised compositions and he will make you give up your bet, right? He will make you give up your authority. He will make you give up your to take a thing who, that is already compromised. Come on, I hope somebody is with me in this class because something is happening to you today. Somebody is receiving power to disgrace hell. So I hope you are listening to me today. So part of what Satan does, so when you speak about gates and splitting open, what the Lord is doing is giving you the ability to be able to rip apart and to expose things, layers upon layers, and to unveil and to reveal and to show what, what is truly there as opposed to what is being presented to you. 
Are you with me? If you're with me, come on, type P, I'm here. P.I., I'm hearing you. I'm following. I'm writing. I'm listening. Lashonda is here. Miriam is here. Shiro, Kate, Stephanie. Come on. Jade. Is that Jade Sola? Ah, welcome, woman of God. Um, Deidre, everybody, Beatrice, I see you guys. Come on, praise Jesus. Yeah, 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 I see you are here. So when it says split open, so, and God is talking about Shah, the anointing of Shah, S-H-A-A-R, the anointing of a gate, the anointing of a gatekeeper, the anointing of one who is able to do an expose on every matter, an expose on every spiritual issue. I'm not talking about the anointing of suspicion. Suspicion does not equal way to discernment. Suspicion is not the same as being an, a gate opener. I am talking about having in-depth revelation and understanding that is able to open up matters and to see them as they truly are. Now, shah means to split open. It means also means to act as a gatekeeper. So the same word for gate is the word for gatekeeper. I hope somebody understands what I'm talking about. The same word for gate is the same word for gatekeeper. Now, let me explain to you what that means. It means that every gate you possess, you become. Every gate you possess, you become a keeper of that gate. Every gate you are able to exercise dominance over, you become a gatekeeper over that gate. And so this is what happens when men arrive at a place where they begin to possess the gate for healing and they understand and they begin to split open what it means for the blood to take care of every kind of infirmity and it hits them. So I said to share with you people the day that David Oyedepo, he was reading the Bible and it hit him and he shouted, I can never be poor. It was a gate that he entered. He possessed him, the gate of prosperity, hit his mind. And he was like, this is it. This is how the spirit of poverty works. This is how the spirit of lack works. This is how the spirit of smallness works. And he compared it to the blood. And he split open the entire mechanizations of hell to make people small, to make people poor. And he superimposed the revelation of the superior wisdom of God and the blood of Jesus over poverty. And it hit him. I can never be poor. And the moment it hit him, what we now speak today as a declaration, he became as a gate. So the moment he possessed the gate, he then became a gatekeeper over prosperity. And so when he preaches prosperity, he is not just preaching a message from a scripture. He is inviting everyone that dines on that table to enter into the realm that he has possessed. I need you to understand what I'm talking about. So when the Bible says he we were made in the image and in the likeness of God, the Bible was not just talking about how we look, how we sound, our niceness. No, he is El Shaddai Elohim El Olam. He is the God of the heavens and the earth. Part of the nature of God is that he bears within himself all the realms of existence because he is the God that was not created by anything. He was not made by anyone or anything. There are no books concerning the history of God because he's not history. <laughs> you know, God was speaking to me two days ago 
about me. And he said to me, Isi, you know, I love you so much. I was like, hey, thank you, Lord. And then God healed me with one kind of healing like this. That's, I, my self-righteousness could not allow me to receive it. I was like, ah, God, wow. Do you think like this about me? Do you think this highly of me? I was like, ah, wow. I was like, God, well, I cannot, I, I don't need to introduce my weaknesses to you. You are God, you know it. I was like, wow. He says, what do you think of me? And God said, do you know what he said to me? He said, I don't think I am. He said, to think about a thing is maybe you're calling into remembrance. You're trying to say, okay, how will you be? How will you know? He says, I am. My thoughts are. Everything I declare is. I am now. I am yesterday. I'm today. I'm tomorrow. I am everything. So everything is a product of who I am. He says, so I'm not looking at you and analyzing and thinking, oh, let me form an impression of her. He said, you are because I am. He says, so I'm not trying to encourage you. I am telling you who you are. Every time I give you a word, I am giving you a picture and I'm giving you an image of your true identity. He says, so don't, don't try to cajole me and say, oh, is this what you think about me? He says, it's not you that is trying to get me to think about you. I gave you personality, gave you assignment, gave you power, gave you nature. So when I tell you this is who you are, it is not a product of what you have done. I'm telling you this is who you are. I don't know if somebody understands what I'm talking about. So you need to understand that word shah. It means that every gate you possess, you become a gatekeeper over that realm. Before I proceed, I want to ask you, what are your possessions? What have you truly possessed in this life? You are a fashion designer. Have you possessed the gate of fashion? This is why no matter what you do, the tailors will leave you. No matter what you do, we try, 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 try. It go get us, it go be. Some people have to actually go and serve certain altars to become relevant in their field. You are an actress, you are in media. You have to compromise. You have to take some money and produce some LGBT. Yesterday, my, my husband, we were watching something. Out of nowhere, Nigerian movie. Out of nowhere, two boys. I just, I just look. The boy was greeting the other boy. The manner in which he greeted him, my, my, my skin just started to crawl. Next, I said, I said, they do this too. What is this one they are doing? The next thing, the boy said, uh -uh, when you see me, he was adjusting the other one's shirt. I said, Bobby, I'll be offer. Offer, bro, off it. I said, what is this? Nigerian movie. Nigerian boys. When did we get here? That we are now adding gay content to our movies. When did this one start now? Yes, it started the day we started collecting money. 100 million uh, naira, 2 million dollars. We gave testimony in church and paid tight. But the condition was you must add some of all of this. If not, you're not getting the money. So we come to church to wash the money. We use tight seed sowing, offering to wash it. Money, spiritual money laundry. Are you with me? Why? Because you will always compromise at a gate you have not possessed. It is as simple as that. Once you have not possessed it in the spirit, you are bound to compromise at the feet of that gate. Because there is no other way in. This is why it is important for you to possess the gates. And this is why it is important for those of you listening to me now to possess economic gates. That is the first gate I will teach about, the gate of economy. 
Because without money, there are many, many things you cannot do. Even in marriage, there's love, there's friendship, but there's another level that the marriage goes into where there's money to fund the desires that they have for each other. If not, it will just be frustrated love. But when you, you look at your wife and you say, this woman, ha la 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 la, there's a manner of card that she should be sitting in and you can fund your hopes for her. It changes the expressions in the marriage. So you have to possess the gates of economy. As when I'm teaching you the gates of economy um, tomorrow by God's grace, I'm not going to be teaching you money come, money go because money is not economy. Economy speaks about an ecosystem and it speaks about the function of interconnected systems in the realm of the spirit. So when we possess the gate of economy, there are certain key pillars we will possess first, but we keep that for tomorrow. For today now, the gates that you don't possess, you will be compromised at their feet. So when you begin to say you have to possess gates, you have to possess realms, you have to possess places. The reason why I began to talk about God is that you need to understand that God is the possessor of the heavens and the earth. You know that song? We lift our hands to you, possessor of the heavens, possessor of the earth. You are holy. You are the great and mighty God of all the heavens, God of all the earth. You are holy. You know the song? We lift our hands to you, possessor of the heavens, possessor of the earth. You are holy. When you sing that song, what crosses your mind? I've been saying this for over a year now. Stop worshipping God as though you are not a part of his family. Stop worshipping God as though the image and likeness you worship is not who you are. When you worship the Lord, the worship of God should straighten and strengthen your image on the inside of you. So when you say, I lift my hands to you, possessor of the heavens. Yes, if you can find the song, put the YouTube link so that somebody can go back to it after. When you say, I lift my hands to you, possessor of the heavens, possessor of the earth, what you are saying is, I lift my hands to you as a co-possessor of the heavenly realms and as a co-possessor of the earth realms. I worship you, the one from whom my authority to possess heavens and earth comes from. You get what I'm saying? We are joint heirs with him. We are joint heirs. We are tied at the hip together. Now, it says that, so the word shah, which means to split open, also is the same word for gatekeeper. And it literally means, this is the literal meaning of shah. And this is going to hit you. And that's why you're going to understand why I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching. I beg you, love the word of the Lord. I beg you. Learn, listen, the literal word meaning of shah is to think. Gates, shah, gatekeeper, think, all the same word. Thus, the action of lifting up your heads, when he said lift up your head, O ye gates, you need to understand. So what it was saying basically was the thinking theological system of that realm behold god 
Behold Jesus' own thinking system. The war of gates is the war of mindsets. The war of gates is the war of mindsets. It is the war of opinions. It is the war of standards. It is the war of imagination. It is the war of thought. I need you to hear me. This is why you must be careful what infiltrates the gate of your mind. Because how you think determines what you possess. How you imagine determines what you can take. I need you to hear me. Jesus said to Abraham, come out. Let me show you. The word for Lot is the same Hebrew word for the one that covers. So when Lot left Abraham, stay with me, people. The Bible says that when Lot left Abraham, that God came and spoke to Abraham and said, now, Abraham, come, let me show you. Because the one that covers had left him. So it became possible for Abraham to see the promises of God. So when, when Lot left, it was a shah, a gate that opened to Abraham. Let me tell you, the opening of gates does not only happen when you move into a realm. Sometimes the opening of gates happen when people leave your life. <laughs> Do you know that there are some people that have left me or kind of semi-leave me in ministry that it pains me, but in the spirit, I cannot deny that it was a sham moment. It was literally the opening of a gate for me because sometimes some people cover there are so much that it is hard for you to see what God is actually saying, what God is actually doing. They cover the true expression of God in your life. They cover the true intentions of God in your life. They cover it with their own pain, their own opinion, their own insecurity, their own fears. And before you know it, you are not able to see God. So it took a fight between Lord's people, Abraham's people. There was no agreement between the birthing of Abraham and the birthing of Lot. So there was something about their expressions that was not uniting. So Lot had to go. So sometimes don't fight too much to keep setting people in your space. Sometimes they need to leave for the shy moments to happen. Sometimes they need to leave for your gates to break open with revelation and covenant. Because by reason of their unique configuration, they were not configured to enable illumination in your life. Because of what they carry, how they see, and what they desire. Their natural configuration does not align with your configuration of illumination. So sometimes they have to go. So let your heart grieve, but let your spirit be firm in revelation. So your soul, which is your emotions, may grieve departure. But your spirit must know that this is the hand of the Lord. Is that somebody that is with me? Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Now, when Lot left, the one that covers, the Bible says that the Lord came and spoke to Abraham. And he said to Abraham, Abraham, lift up your eyes. As far as your eyes can see, I will give to you. Abraham, when God was making promises to him, covenants with him, opening gates unto him, how did God open it? Imagination. Abraham, look at the stars in the sky. Can you count them? 
No, I can't. Just be looking at their vastness. Ah, ah, I can't see past this horizon. And yet there are many more. He said, yes, as far as your imagination can go, you will possess. Gates are managed, monitored, and controlled by imagination. Gates are managed, monitored, and controlled by imagination. That's why when people talk about the apostolic, one of the first things I tell them about is the phrase apostolic imagination. I said, you see, the problem is Part of what I do with people that work closely with me is that I tickle their imagination. I say, can you just imagine? Hi, hi, I paint pictures. Hi, can you see? Hi, yes. Because what the world does is that the world stifles your imagination. So today my son was talking to me and my son was saying, mommy, so, 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 he was just disturbing me. I was trying to sleep, you know, and he came to my room, mommy, and I don't know why, why would a school think that a three-year-old can do online learning? Like, how is that supposed to work? Anyway, so he came to me, mommy, please on so, mommy, I'm a ninja. You are a ninja, okay? I said, okay. So first of all, what you need to know, my man was like, why is he giving me points? He said, first of all, what you need to know is as ninja, my name is, he told me what his name was and that he has uh, something power. In my mind, I said, this child does not know I'm coming for him. And I have fire power. I said, okay. He said, you have water power. Inside my spirit, I said, I reject it in the name of Jesus. Marine spirit cannot be compared to me. A lasso flame in my high. But I just entertained him. I said, okay. You know, in fact, I was first of all going to say, eh, 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 and Judah, I beg God this thing. And the Lord said to me, do not stifle his imagination. Do not stifle his imagination. So I said, okay, continue. And he said, eh, you know, so what's a power? As he was saying, my whole body was scratching me. I wanted to say in the name of Jesus. But I had to compose the anointing, the apostle on the inside of me. So he said, so mommy, with your water power, you can do this. You can do that. Hi. I was bearing and bearing. After a while, I said to him, I said, Nathan, he said, so I think he said, your name is Nia. I said, my name is not Nia in Jesus' name. He said, no, that's the name of the female ninja. You're a woman. I said, that's not my name in Jesus' name. He said, no, mommy, we are just acting. It is just, that's your name. I said, Nathan and Judah, that's not my name in Jesus' name. My name is Apostle Easy. He said, no, you're a ninja. I said, I'm not ninja, I'm Apostle. He said, I said, I'm not ninja, I'm Apostle. He said, come and see argument, Apostle versus ninja. Finally, he said to me, okay, mommy, so if you, you say you are not ninja, so what powers do you have? I said, this is where I flourish. Let's go. I said, so as apostle, I have water power, fire power, wind power, earth power, all the powers. Do you know he was just looking at me? The next thing my soul began to switch. <laughs> I think his three-year-old mind system, operating system, began to malfunction. He was twitching. He said, mommy, you can't have all the powers. I said, I'm telling you, I have all the powers. Water, fire. He said, he just became weak. He was just looking at me. I said, so do you understand now? I have a superior to all the other ninjas. I said, so follow me. Or do you want to follow only fire power? He said, I want all the powers. So I said, so join my own apostolic gang. You know, so 
I, I, I looked at him, literally his mind could not understand. Why would she have fire, earth, wind, water, everything? But the Lord said clearly to me, engage his imagination. Who stifle it? Because what I would have done is I would have quickly said, you know, no, and, and Judah, no, we, we don't do that in this house. You know, and God said, follow him, join him. Enter, the, enter with him inside there. Why? Because a man that has no imagination can never possess any land. Never. You need your imagination because Shah, which is gate, means to think. A lot of people are educated, but they are poor thinkers. A lot of people have knowledge, but they don't have imagination. There's a huge difference. I have seen people who did not go to school, but have greater imaginations than people who studied. Because what studying a particular topic does is that it narrows your mind to and it streamlines stream, stream it to understanding in a unilateral direction. But what imagination does is that it pulls from different places to form whatever, however, whenever. And we are gods. And so the mind of a god cannot afford to be limited. Because when the mind of a god is limited, the spirit will possess the gates that the mind of the gods are not getting to. You need to stay with me. So when a spirit takes over a man, a demonic spirit possesses a man, what Satan does is that he begins to open up things in them. And what we see in the physical are gifts. So you see, they produce the kind of song that blows your mind, literally. So you will listen to the album, you're like, man, Bobby the team blow my mind. Because really, they took your mind to where your mind refused to go on its own. They took your mind to melodies where your mind refused to go on its own. It took your mind to technology where your mind refused to go on its own. So what Satan does and how he manifests his own kingdom is that he establishes his gates in men. This is why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell is not brimstone and fire. The gates of hell is the power, the technology, the manufacturing, the, the, the things, the production, the, the, the things, the um, infrastructure, the things that come out of the kingdom of darkness and they are not always bad things. Sometimes they are progressive. Sometimes they move economies forward. So it is not necessarily about what is produced. It is about the spirit and the intention behind the production. So David played his guitar. Other people played their guitars. But only David's um, playing of a harp, sorry. And other people played their harps. But only David's harp playing could cast a demon out of Saul. That is to tell you, it is not just about the melody. It is about the one that through whom the melody is released into the world. That's why you cannot afford to allow yourself be a gate through whom Satan releases a technology. Because if you are not, if, it's, if it comes to a person that is not born again, then even though it's a technology, the intention and agenda behind the technology can never be one that advances the kingdom. This is why we must play on that level. 
Because when we are the gates through whom God releases his own advancement into this world, we are then able to set standards and we are then able to set policies around the in advancement that is able to benefit humanity and glorify the God nature in them. Are you with me? This is why you must be in charge of agriculture and release the next agricultural advancement. This is why you must be in charge of food. This is why you must be in charge of medicine. Because when the gatekeepers over sectors are not godly people, they will bring advancements, but they will pervert it just a little bit enough to break down the God composition inside of humanity. This is exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. What Satan said to her was not a lie. If you eat it, you will be like God. But what he did not say to her was, if you eat it in disobedience, you will know things that you never knew before, but you will lose the glory of God upon your life. So advancement, but with a loss of his presence, with a loss of the God life, but yet physically you are in prison. You need to understand what I'm talking about. So God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, fill the whole earth. Has that happened? Yes. But does humanity have the God nature in it naturally? No more. So it is possible for your gifts to serve the master that did not create it. It is possible for your gifts to become a gateway for the God that did not give you the gift. So it is not about gifts. It's not about talent. It's not about advancement. It's not about increase. It is about the spirit through whom the possession of the gate comes. So this is why we must all give ourselves. Imagination, sure. So when people say to me, P.I., nations, this one, one of the first things I say to them, I say, before my feet enters a land, my mind has entered it. My imagination enters first. You need to get what I'm talking about because you are a God. You are a God. I know that the world has defined you as girl versus boy, slay queen versus ordinary lady, rich woman or rich man versus ordinary man, this versus this. That is none of these things even come close to the definition of who you are. You are, first of all, a God. You are, first of all, a God. I know you've heard this, but I need you to say to yourself, I am a God. <laughs> I am a God. I am a ruler of tangible and intangible realms. Write it down. I am a controller of earthly and heavenly systems. I am a God. When I speak, the physical and the spiritual realm responds to me. I am a God. Write it down. You are not the big G-O-D. You are a small G-O-D. You are a God from the lineage of the G-O-D. Now, why is it important? There's a behavior of gods. One of the first behavior of gods is that they possess their minds. Remember what I said to you people in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The same Hebrew word for beginning is the same word for head. So when you read it like that, you then say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the head of God, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said. So the first introduction of Elohim to us 
It's a God who creates first in his head. Come on. If somebody is getting what I'm saying, let me know. P.I., I am hearing you. I'm getting it. I'm getting it well. The first introduction of God to us is the head of God. In the head of God, he created the heavens. That is literally how the Bible opens. Genesis 1 verse 1. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the head of God, he created the heavens and the earth. Hey, what is in your head? Hmm. What is in your head? You need to understand why Satan is coming for your head because that's your shah, that's your gate. You need to understand why he's trying to make you go crazy in the past two years because that is your gate. That is your gate system. You need to understand why your memory has started becoming poor. You need to understand why you no longer have a desire to create. You need to understand why you have become a lazy worker. You go to your office, you do the bare minimum. Your head doesn't think anymore. You need to understand why social media has risen so much that it has captured the attention of people. And the times when people used to use to think, they don't think anymore. Rather, they are letting the phones do the thinking for them. They are letting the images control them. You need to understand why the rise of streaming platforms are here. Because Satan does not need our generation to possess their gate. Because if we possess our gate, we will possess the gates. And he cannot afford to lose the heavenly gates. Understand what the agenda is. So when I talk to you about understanding the power of gates in the realm of the spirit, I'm first of all talking to you about understanding the power of your mind as a God. This is why you cannot afford to watch pornography. You cannot afford to. You are a gate. Any gates you possess, you become a gatekeeper over it. If you possess the gate of pornography, you become a gatekeeper that opens the door to even the sons of God to enter into pornography. You are saying to yourself, how did my child start watching porn? How did my children start this one? How, how did somebody, listen, you opened a gate in your house. Shut it by the blood. There are some songs you cannot play in your home. Because any gate you possess or any gate you allow to possess you, you become a gatekeeper over it. So it's not just the one you possess, but the one that possesses you. It is a war of gates. It is a war of gates. Now, in the head of God, he created the heavens and the earth. And the word is Shah. So, Paul began to teach us in Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2. And Paul began to say, if then you were raised with Christ, Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, so the idea is that when you set your mind on things above, you become a gate for the mind of Christ to flow through. 
So you are a keeper of the mind of Christ. Somebody write it. I am a keeper of the mind of Christ. It says, seek those things. It says, if then we were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. It says, so sit, set your mind, seek the things where Christ is sitting. Begin to think about the glory of God, the throne of God, the grace of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God, the revelation of the spirit of God, how heaven builds, how heaven's educational system is, how heaven's economic system is. Study about the things that are above. So he says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things on earth. Because where you set your mind determines what you open to the world. So if you set your mind on adultery, you open the world to adultery. If you set your mind on failure, you open your world to failure. But if you set your mind on things above, the word I want you to note there in that Colossians 1 verse 2, Colossians 3 verse 2, is the word set. Which means the mind of a person can be set. The way you set cement, the way you set a thing, a block in place, you can set your mind. There are ways by which you set your mind. The first way by which you set your mind is through scriptures. You set your mind. You are adjusting your mind. The way you set a radio um, channel, the frequency, you are searching, you are tuning, you are tuning. And the way you arrive at the frequency where the message that you need to hear is, you set it there and you leave it. That's the same way you can take your mind and tune, tune your setting. When you get to the frequency of the spirit, that is the gate opening frequency, you set your mind there. Now, where does that frequency dwell? Above. So the way you can get above is number one, scriptures. Number two, prayer is another setting mechanism. Number three, fasting sets a man because your body begins to become weak in the flesh and your spirit is able to breathe and come alive because it is no longer laden. And the fourth thing you can use to set your mind is acts of consecration. So when you separate yourself for many things. You separate yourself from malice, from gossip, from shame, from lie, from talking, from, 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 from um, perverted speech. You separate yourself. So acts of consecration have a way of helping your mindset. Now, the fifth way, number five, right? Because when I begin to number things, I did not have them anywhere before, so I'm just saying it. So it's number five. The fifth way you set your mind is through the your company of people that you are with. So a companion of fools will be foolish. A man who dwells with an angry person will become an angry man. These are all scriptures. So people set your mind. It says iron sharpens iron. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. So there are certain people that you stay with that can either sharpen you or make you blunt. 
But you need to understand that not everything has sharpened. I don't know what number four is, so I don't have it anywhere in my notes. Maybe somebody can help you. I think consecrated acts, right? I think acts of consecration is four, yeah. So number five, number five is people, company of people. So, um, but you need to also understand that not everybody can sharpen you. That is one mistake that we make sometimes. So in we use emotionality to determine our companionship. But emotions are not sufficient in making divine decisions. You cannot make decisions that pertain to divine matters with emotions. So you get to a stage, you say, my sister is my best friend. Like my sister, like in my family, we are so tight. Like my best friends in this life are still my sister. Is your sister born again? Is your sister running this heavenly race? We know God's higher heavenly race. Is your sister running heavenly race? Or your sister is running heavenly standstill? From the day she gave her life to Christ, Nadia day. That gate of salvation, Nadia is still there. She has not entered the city to behold the glory of the city. So how can that still be your best friend? No, 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 please allow me. I permit me. I am not saying that we do not owe loyalty to our natural bonds and connection, but there is a level of destiny you get to that you need to understand the power of godly separation. And it is not that you abandon. No, you are still there. But wood, no matter how much wood loves iron, cannot sharpen iron. And no matter how much iron loves wood, iron will only cut wood. You need to get it. So I have seen different people come to me. Maybe people that have money and wealth and influence and are like, ah, oh, you know, let's be friends. Let's be close friends. I am grateful for you. But the truth is your money does not equate to my spiritual journey and consecrations. So I can be friends with you on the level of life, but I cannot be friends with you on the level of spiritual sharpening. The most I can do is I can sharpen you. I can pour into your life because I, by reason of my experience as a minister, I know how to tamper my iron to not cut wood when I see it. So I know how to measure the glory of God to different people so that glory does not become painful and then you run away from the faith. So I can tamper it. I know how to walk around it. But when I need to be sharpened, I know you can't sharpen me spiritually. You may sharpen me emotionally. You may sharpen me financially. You may sharpen me socially. You may sharpen me mentally, but not spiritually. That's why when I was teaching people about gatekeepers, I told you that there are different categories of gatekeepers and you need the different categories in your life. You sometimes you can have economic gatekeepers, you can have fin um, financial gatekeepers, you can have psychological gatekeepers, social gatekeepers. You need all the different categories of watchers on your side because your different watchers will feed you with the information that you need to thrive in those different realms and sectors. But on your spiritual journey, you need spiritual people that are riding on your same frequency or greater frequency. Those are the only people that can sharpen you. So there are some people that sharpen me. In the prophetic, when I stay around my friend and my brother apostle told me, look, it, it's just easy. I be, my, my, my prophetic grace begins to bubble over. Why? It is the principle of iron sharpening iron. There are some people like, um, 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 what's his name? Prophet Adam. When I stay around my brother, Prophet Adam, hey, my knowledge of the word... <laughs> 
And guess what? We don't have to be in a meeting. That's the funny thing. Because spirits are alive. And the spirits of men do not need authorization to operate. Spirits operate with a different set of laws from how the physical operates. So in the physical, people need, you need to tell somebody, take a seat. Yeah, yeah. Do you want water? Let me offer you. But spirits don't work like that. Because in the realm of the spirit, it is all about occupancy. They don't have the same protocols we have. The only protocol that it understands is occupancy. Who is here? Nobody. I enter. So sometimes, Holy Spirit, help me. So you need to know who is sharpening you. Hmm? All right. Let me calm down. Because I'm going to places that um, was not in my plan for today. And I need everybody to be here before this message ends. So, if you are raised with Christ, set your mind. So, you need to intentionally have a setting mechanism. These seven days is a setting. You get what I'm saying? So, after these seven days, there are some people who are on my team that I won't be able to work with anymore. Why? They did not join the setting. So, after these seven days now, I will just come. And I will say, we are opening the gate of here. There's somebody who starts speaking Turenshi English to me. And what P.I. actually see, you know, sometimes you have to consider that when you want to open gates, you have to consider the economical, physically, spiritual. Listen, did you join access? If you joined access, you would have stood. You'll be able to run with me on the frequency of godly imagination. So it is what it is. <laughs> It is what it is. So when David met the men that met him at Adolam, these guys were just ordinary guys. In fact, some of them were people who were owing debts, people who the society did not want, people who, you know, all kinds of people. And they met with David. But we see a transformation in the lives of these guys. After a while, the things that David could do, they were doing. David killed Goliath. They killed the remaining brothers of Goliath. You need to get it. There are certain people you dwell with that are natural setters. They themselves, they are an entire ecosystem of setting. If you permit them, you look at yourself one year later, you'll be trying to find who you were before. Because everything about them is setting and resetting who you are. Find those kind of Davidic people. Natural, our spirit naturally craves for what we can control, what we are used to. Man is a natural creature of habit by reason of the fall. But the man before the fall is a natural explorer. But the man after the fall seeks for comfort. But you see, if you need your spirit to be powerful, stay around people who know how to set. They will pull out the apostle in you, pull out the prophet in you, pull out the teacher in you, pull out the billionaire in you, pull it out. What are we talking about? I don't attribute my husband's success to myself. But I can tell you something. When I met my husband, and we used to talk, he would say something to me. He'd say, you, you like to talk big, big, big. 
I'll say, I don't like to talk big. I speak from where I dwell. You cannot be dwelling with Christ in heavenly places and be thinking, I don't know how to say it. People will think it's pride. And when I was growing up, all my years from primary school, secondary school, if I was once in secondary school after I knew Jesus, you know, and even when I went back to the world, you know, everything, people used to say, who does she think she is? Who do, who do you think you are? I always had that thing of people thinking I'm proud, I'm too much, you are trying to rule over us, you are trying to overdo. But listen, I cannot change what I have seen. I cannot unsee he whom, whom I have seen. So the problem sometimes is not that some people are proud. The problem is that they have greater sight into the possibilities in God. So your lack of sight and vision, and vision is what is wrestling and uncomfortable with the person's sight. Get it? So I used to say simply, I'll say, babes, no, no, this one. And I remember I would say to my husband, I said, Bobby, listen, I don't even care where you're coming from or who you are or what your background is. I said, there is something that I know. And I saw it when I was in university. I can't remember what exactly I was studying, but I saw it that it is impossible for me to be married to a person and the person does not become wealthy. And I, the day I saw it, I saw that it did not even matter whether me I had two couple. But I realized that there is something about the gate of woman that opens up a man to increase and in wealth. I saw it. And the day I saw it, I knew it did not matter who I married. I knew that even if the person was penniless, as far as I was in his life, I had become a gate of prosperity. Because he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. When you find me, you have found tove. A wife is not who I am because you put ring in my hand. Because you he who finds a wife. So a wife is who I become before I marry. So there is a system of the wife and the Ezra that causes the man to prosper. The Bible says he looked at man and said, it is not tov for man to be alone. The word for good is the Hebrew word for tov. And the meaning of tov is the ability for a thing to reproduce the exact image of the blessing that God gave to it in the beginning. So God looked and said, it is not possible for man to replicate the blessing in its original state that I gave to him as long as he was alone. And God made for him an Ezra. And the word for Ezra is a military spiritual strategist. So by reason of my entrance into the life of any man, I become heaven's strategy to ensure that the tove of God manifests in the life of the man. It doesn't have necessarily have to be so for a friend, but it is so for whoever I marry because it's a spiritual rule and a spiritual principle. So I have to wrestle before there's a ring on my finger. I have to wrestle into the wife state of spirit because it is only a wife that causes tove to happen, not just any girl. So the wife is a spiritual gate. It's an office of the in the spirit realm. And within that office are administrative processes. Within that office are spiritual processes. Within that office are different kinds of spiritual mechanisms by which a woman maneuvers the destiny of a man to ensure that the good of God comes out of him. I hope somebody is here with me. 
So when Satan is making you angry with your husband, understand. The problem is not the problem you see. Remember what I told you the meaning of deceit is. It is compromised composition. So Satan will present a an image that has a compromised composition so that you are taken by it angry. Everything inside of you is boiling. But you see, that position, that image does not have the, uh, the capacity to bear the weight of the destiny of your home. Why are you selling out the future for a fire that cannot even burn through eternity? Forget that fire. It's a flame of hell. It will end. Or should the flame of eternity? It is hard. It is painful. Sometimes. Paul, have you considered what it took for Jesus for three and a half years to leave with Judas, knowing fully well from the beginning what Judas was going to do to him? But Jesus was a man of purpose. So when purpose completely consumes you, you are able to bear and to cause to prosper even that which you know will eventually break you. Because Judas is not the focus. The cross is. I don't know if you get what I'm talking about. The cross is. So we have raised a generation of people who are spiritually myopic, emotionally myopic. So the emotions do not have lenses. So the emotions see only the current affair, but cannot see the future agenda. I pray that the spirit of God gives all of us men and women the ability to manage the weight of the opinion and the glory of God that is placed upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. That's why as a woman, you cannot curse your husband. You can't curse. You can't curse him. As a man, you cannot curse your wife. You can't curse. You should not do it. It's foolishness. It is utter foolishness. You can't do it. You shouldn't do it. Even heaven will be angry at you because you are destroying a system of productivity that God himself put in place. <laughs> Somebody said, we need more of you, P.I. <laughs> the me, myself, and I, not the teaching, but me. <laughs> Araba shele kelema sumre de gele de bo sangre hida kaza valenka shamre de bororos kudabahai. The marriage is God's system of blessing, God's system of transference of covenant. Ekaria nama sumre de gele ne mo shande valakai. Is compre his covele dibra hadaya. Oh yes, marriage. If at least marriage, I don't. I've I've not even agreed to teach about marriage in this my life because I know that they will not tell me to marriage minister. Because if I start, there are so many things I will say by the Spirit of God and by the Word of the Lord that will completely change the face and appearance of my ministry. So I just teach it in little bits and pieces. So, um, but only God knows if we'll finish this gate matter in um, this month. So I've just, I'm not even under pressure anymore. We'll just be going as we see it. Wherever we which food. if God takes it to the end of the month, then we will go to the end of the month. 
it is what it is. You understand? So I'm not even under pressure anymore to keep to certain timelines. The truth must be taught and we all must enter fully. That's just my target right now. Um, so in the matter of, of Shah, um, the word for doors is the Hebrew word petak, P-E-T-H-A-C, which means to open wide or to loosen. So when we begin to speak about doors, we are not just speaking about opening, we are speaking about loosening. So there are some things that are tied by hell and tied by the serpentine spirit. I hope during the day you people are dining on the other messages I refer you to. Um, defeating the altar of Baal, overcoming the spirit of the serpent and the scorpion. Go and feast on those messages during the day, I beg you, so that at that time in between morning and evening, you are using it to revise. I know, I know you may say, P.I., I finished university many years ago. Why are we back in school? We are consistently learning. I've gone to heaven several times, but two out of the times I've been to heaven, I was sent to school. School, is it two or three, actually? I was sent back to school. So it, I remember the last time I was so worried. I was like, God, is it that I don't know anything? Like, why? Why do you keep sending me to school? Like my mates, when they write books about their vision, how they were flying on the wing of the angel with the four, four star, and they were riding upon the golden waters. Me, as I just get to heaven like this, they'll just give me book and paper and send me to go and sit down in classroom. Do you understand? So in my mind, I, at one point, I, I started to feel like, oh God, what is it? But I now understand that part of my commissioning in life is to be a discipler. So God, the reason why he opens to me the gates of learning in heaven is so that I may be a teacher on earth. So I have stopped feeling bad. I used to come back and feel like, oh, maybe because I don't know the word enough, or I'm not studying enough, you know. I get it now why I keep going to school when I get to heaven. And so it's a continuous work of learning. As seriously as you take your PhD, you take your dissertations, that's how you should take these classes. So when you go back, study everything that I teach you, read the scriptures, write them down, do essay, forward assignments I did not give you, forward the assignments to me. Do you understand? P.I., here is my response concerning question one question. Let me be asking myself, why these set questions now? Yes, create your own curriculum. Do you get what I'm saying? Create your own curriculum out of all of this. So you, we, we, must, we must understand that we are spiritual beings that are recovering from an accident that happened to us in Genesis 3. The accident of knowledge happened. And so we are recovering from it. We went from revelation to knowledge. So we were born in glory, born in revelation. And that was how the original Adam and Eve operated. Not even Eve, it was Adam that gave him her Eve. Adam and Ezra, because her name was not called Eve until after the fall. She was called helpmate, which is Ed Ezra. And then she was called woman. That was man named her woman, named her Ezra. So God says, I will make for him an Ezra, a helpmate, a strategist. But when man saw her, man says she shall be called woman. And whatsoever he called them was what they became. So you should see how woman was gradually. And then after the garden, the Bible now says, and she, he slept with her and then he now called her Eve. So her name changed from Ezra to woman to Eve. 
So we are actually recovering. We're in recovery state. So you need to get it. That, so what happened in the garden was um, Satan introduced them to a door that they were not prepared to access. And so he made them access the door of knowledge when they were born to live in the realm of revelation. So we are recovering. So we have to make the upward journey from knowledge to revelation consistently if we retain our original power and ranking in the spirit. So this is why you must be a person of consistent learning. You can hear we are doing this for seven days, 14 sessions, and miss anyone. It just doesn't add up. You have to pay the price because life is an education. Life in itself is a spiritual education that was crafted by God to move us from people born as God into people who have authority, who attained authority as gods. Those are two different things. So you give birth to children as your sons. By birthright, they are your sons. But the way they grow through life determines if they, you will give them authority to take over the inheritance. So life is our school where we learn to journey upward from the fall into knowledge realm in, and upward into revelation realm. And the way we do that is that we go through the school of life. This is why you must be consistent in studying and learning the word of the Lord so that you don't arrive in heaven and they will just put you on um, serving super duty. And when the main matters that are discussed are discussed, you are not called into any council in heaven because you did not arrive. You did not arrive at revelation. Are we together? Fantastic. And as a woman, that steady decline. You must recover yourself back into as a position, back into God's original definition of you, back into the office of woman. So the word for door, like I said, is the Hebrew word, petak, which means to open wide or to loosen. It means to be free from every restriction. It usually means that you have been lifted up into eternity where you are able to see with everlasting eyes. Therefore, you become a door of revelation, thus a seer of God that sets the captive free from every earthly restriction. This is what it means to recover a door in the spirit realm. You become a door. You become a person that is losing from the restrictions of broken knowledge and broken imagination. So again, spiritual potters are who we are. We are spiritual portals. We are the enabling environment for spiritual trade to happen. Between the heavens and the earth, there are different trading routes in between the heavens and the earth. Hear me. There are different trading routes in the spirit. We are not the only ones that trade. Witches, warlocks, wizards trade in the spirit realm. So the spirit realm is, it has multiple highways leading to multiple places. And if you go back to my teachings in the beginning of the year, in Gen usually Genesis, in January, I was teaching you guys about divine life versus divination. And part of the things I taught you about divination, if anybody remembers, is that divination is when people want to take back root into high places in the spirit realm. 
So where they are not willing to pay the price of godliness and righteousness to arrive at spiritual power and nobility, they then take back doors. And so anything that wants to sh cut short the process of arriving at the heights in the spirit will most likely lead you to divination. Come on, somebody that can hear me. It will most likely lead you to divination. So there are many diviners in the church today. Many people who are looking for shortcuts. Let me tell you one of the greatest working of the spirit of divination, because we're still standing at the topic of doors. One of the greatest workings of the spirit of divination is money. One of the biggest instruments of divination is money. Because many times people want to use money to buy process. But you cannot use money to buy process. You can use money to get favor. You can use money to get access, but money can never replace spiritual process. Whenever you want to do that, you will end up in divination. Because what many people do is that they feel, if I can buy access with my money, then I don't need to pray as much anymore. PI will start praying for me. I don't need to study the word. Whenever I don't know what to do, PI will tell me what to say. PI will teach me the scripture. Oh, I don't need to, PI is going to prophesy to me. I just need to be close to the prophet. I just need to be close. No, spiritual shortcuts will lead you to divination. Because the moment PI doesn't respond to you, the way you think she will respond to you because you are taking care of this or that for her. What you're going to do is that you're going to look for the next person. And by the time you find the next prophet, who moves based on money, the person is just going to allow you to create a culture, a spiritual culture of shortcuts. Saul wanted a shortcut. And so he went to the witch of Endor. And he began to ask them to call the spirit of Samuel. The moment Saul was no longer willing to humble himself, to pray, to seek God, to repent, he still wanted the power of spirituality, but was not willing to pay the price in his flesh. Saul started seeking shortcuts. You remember what the apostle said, um, I think Peter and John said to Simon, the one that was uh, practicing witchcraft in that land, I think it was in Samaria. And when they came and they began to give the Holy Ghost to people, he said, ah, let me give you money. Give me. The apostle said to him, said, your money perish with you. He says, how can you think that the Holy Ghost can be bought? He said, for I see your heart, that there is wickedness and bitterness in your heart. Go and repent. So there are many times where you need to allow yourself go through process so that you don't enter back doors in the spirit realm. Because back doors, a little back door here, a little back door there. Today you are enticed by somebody walking with witchcraft spirit. You will take it. Do you understand? You, it's true, hey, Jomar. The apostle said, your money kill you there. Do you understand? You will take it. So be careful of back doors. Love process. Love people who put you through process. They are helping you. They are forming a spiritual culture on the inside of you. That will benefit you for ages to come. Process. I have met people who have gotten angry because they thought that I, I'm by now, now I should be close to you. By now, I should be your inner by now. And I'm like, you will not force me. No, it's not gonna happen. There's process. And at every level, 
There is qualification. I'm not God. But you see, you cannot be a man that does not know the value of what you carry. Any priest that does not hold sacred the sacrifice of his life will corrupt his office by allowing just anybody who does not honor his God and his consecrations into his temple. The reason why you don't see the need for process is because you are not paying a price. When you pay the same kind of price that I am paying, you will understand why I have the kind of security system I have around myself. Pay the same price first, and then let me see how loosely you will treat yourself. Process. Okay. Mesambro unguske vele hibara hasede kene mashanda brahuske vele kabara hade skodahai. So we are in door. Doors. Lord of Jesus, nine o'clock. So it means to loosen. We are portals. So I was talking about trading routes in the spirit realm. There are multiple trading routes. Some people are trading through back doors. Some people are trading through um, principalities and powers, using them, you know, as their own gateways into the spirit realm. Sorry. But we, we, who continue to walk, excuse me, please. But we who continue to walk in faith, love, peace, joy, righteousness, we become gateways for the kingdom of God to manifest. So this kind of repetitive actions will always alter the spiritual climate around you, around your city, around your country, everywhere that you are. So remember, I was teaching you about rituals this morning. So part of your rituals, the rituals of your priesthood is the practice of faith, practice of love, practice of peace, practice of joy, practice of righteousness. So you need to make these holy ordinations your practice. This is the ritual of your priesthood. And these repetitive actions will alter the spiritual climate around you. Are you with me? It will alter the spiritual climate around you. Like people of God, please, when this meeting ends, eh, you have to help me bless my media guy. You know, his name is Kachi. Kachi is always here with me. Helping me, you know, camera. He had to stay in my house, you know, the night ago, yesterday night. Um, and all of that. I'm just praying that Kachi's wife, a big girl fiance, does not tell him to leave work with me. You understand? So please, you pull, help me. You will bless Kachi for me. When this meeting ends, we'll give you special accounts for Kachi. You put something there. Blow his mind. Open the, his gate of finance. You understand? So that the next time we say we are doing 20 days. Kachi will not leave us. Somebody say Kachi will not leave us. Amen. Because he's here, he's the one setting camera morning and night, morning and night. So what can I pay him that is sufficient as a reward for the work he's doing? Sure, you understand? It's only people at this stage that will not help me. Uh -huh. So please, people, set your mind though. Kachi, remember, we must bless him when these seven days are over. Mm -hmm. So these repetitive actions... Um, will then eventually lead to us being an open gate in the spirit realm. Repetitive actions. I, I want to say something to you real quickly. Please, and I need you to hear me. Grow in experience. 
grew in strength, grew in decisiveness. But make sure you are growing in truth, you're growing in love, you're growing in righteousness, and you're growing in peace. Make sure that what is inspiring or inferring your growth process or the tangent of your growth is not pain, strife, jealousy, anger, shame, grief. Make sure. Because anything unholy cannot produce holiness. Any seed that is from an unrighteous place can never produce a tree of fruits of righteousness. It's impossible. So some people will say, ah, oh, from that day, when this person did this thing to me, I made up my mind that, ah, I will do my own. Ah, I will become great. Ah, me too in this life. Ah, my ministry. Listen, you may become great. You may become big. Because the gifts of God are without repentance. When a man wakes up and stares up his gift, the gift will answer. It doesn't matter where you are staring it from or where you woke up. If you woke up in darkness and stare up the gift, it will answer your darkness. If you wake up in light and stare up the gift, it will answer your light. The gifts are programmed to respond to the awakenings within its holder. But the question is, does heaven respect the man you have become? Does heaven honor the person you have become? Make sure that this so-called growth that you are experiencing is out of a state of love and truth and purity of heart. That's why I talk about your rituals as a priest. They are very important. Make a practice of holy things. Make a practice of righteousness. Make a practice of love. Make a practice of peace. Make a practice of humility. It is a, a natural cleansing system for the heart of a man, of the spirit of the priest. The spirit, the priest needs to consistently cleanse. Before the priest in those days could enter the temple, the priest would go, he will wash his hand, he will wash his feet, he will wash, he, he will, um, um, the blood, kill the animal, you know, carry the blood into the temple. His clothes must be clean. In fact, in those days, when the priests, there were only certain kinds of priests, the scribes were allowed to write the Bible. When you are writing, everywhere the name of God is called. When you, you write the name of God, Jehovah, or you write Adonai, or you write Elohim, you write, once you are transcribing, you write God's name. You must, after writing it, you will drop your pen. You will get up, go and bath. You will shower. You will wash yourself. Wear a new robe. And then you will come back and continue writing. That was the condition. You could not write the name of God without going to cleanse yourself. Are you hearing me? It was that serious. You could not call the name of God without going to shower. Now, imagine the rituals that were needed. When priests would enter the temple in those days, they had to connect bells to their ankles. And then in between those bells, they will have to put grapes and different kinds of fruits, tiny fruits, to keep the bells from hitting each other because there must be no sound when you enter the temple. A rope was tied around the waist of the priest 
And at a, after a while, if the rope is not moving again and they drag, the priest is not responding, they have to pull the body out because you can't even go in to go and get the dead body. The glory of God will strike the priest down for something as human as sweating. The priest was not allowed to sweat in God's presence, which represents human efforts. You were not allowed. You sweat, you die. Are you seeing this kind of thing? It's not this one now that we are shouting, we are kingdoms of priests and kings. We are priests unto God most high. No, I'm sure the Jewish people, they used, to, they used to look at us and say, look at these ones. Do they know what priests are? Do you know your life is at stake as a priest? You serve the God anyhow. You will see anyhow. Now, imagine the rituals that were needed and necessary to be able to execute the office. Think about it for us. You can't even afford to sweat. You couldn't go into the temple as a priest carrying anger in your heart. And so John the Baptist's father, who was a high priest, was performing his own duty. And the angel of the Lord spoke to him. He was there in his priestly regalia and dead to say, how can these things be? And his mouth was cut short. He could not speak until the child was born. Because you can't be in the presence of God in the temple burning incense and doubt God. He's lucky it's only his tongue that was short. But Mary, some few verses later, said the same thing. How can these things be? And the angel answered her, small girl, what do you know about priesthood? There's a difference. Are you with me? So as a gatekeeper, who part of your security system by which you man your gates is your priesthood. You are required to follow certain key rituals. And part of the rituals of your faith, your faith is love, peace, joy, holiness, righteousness, purity, repetitive actions of working in this state. This is how you keep the gates open. This is how you return the power to open doors. Man, I thought I would have gone further than this. This was supposed to be just popcorn I wanted to give you, but here we are. Um, spiritual gates and doors, because I have to end now. Spiritual gates and doors are the result of occupancy. They are the life of the spirit occupying the hearts and the minds of his people. The portals of heaven are from within, not from without. Hear me. Spiritual gates and doors are a result of occupancy. They are the life of the spirit occupying the hearts and the minds of God's people. So the, the spirit that is occupying your heart is what determines the door you open. So there's a spiritual biometric system by which doors are opened. It is an identification system. It identifies you by spirit. So you know how you go to some biometric doors, you put your eye and it says, it's again, I'm going to enter. You put your fingerprint, enter. The enter in the spirit realm is Holy Ghost, enter. King of glory, enter. You need to look like him to open the doors he can open. You need to sound like him to open the doors he can open. You need to um, have his image to open the doors he can open. It is a spiritual biometric system 
based on image and likeness only. Are you with me? Image and likeness. So anything that is tempting you today to walk in unforgiveness, to walk in anger, to walk in hatred, to enter promiscuity, anything that is telling you, you know what, I beg, you know, anything that is tempting you into compromise is coming for your future, coming for your access. The compromise of Adam and his woman is what made them lose the access to Eden. The compromise of man and woman made them lose their access to the garden of God. Anything that tempts you into compromise, no matter how much you think you can see it or how simple it looks, it actually has an agenda and there's an access you are meant to have that it is coming for. I'm telling you the truth. So I tell people that the seasons of your greatest heart struggle are meant to be the seasons of your greatest promotions in life. The seasons where your heart struggled the most. Jealousy wants to kill you. Just know that there's a promotion at that door. Because a great and effective door is open unto you. But we all know it. There are many adversaries. The word for adversary, the Greek word, is the word for accuser. So when we say there are many adversaries, we're not talking about just troubles. There is accusation hanging at every door of access. Satan goes to pick book and he's looking for, what did she do? What did she not do? So part of the major temptations you will face at every season of access is the temptation that will lead to an accusation that will make you unworthy of receiving access. Do not allow yourself be accused of anything that you can avoid by the blood. Do not allow yourself be accused of anything that you could have avoided by grace. Because accusations stand at the door of access. And let me tell you the thing about accusations. Some of us think that because you can justify your pain, then your access should be given to you. You think because you can justify your hurt, then heaven can justify the bad actions you took as a priest. It doesn't work that way. Your pain, your hurt, and the things that were done to you can never justify you walking in unholiness and unrighteousness. That's not how the kingdom of God works. If you were a normal being in the spiritual, maybe, but you are carrying the image and the likeness of the judge, so you are judgment in itself. And judgment cannot be corruption. Judgment cannot work in corruption. If not, it loses the strength of its office. So you cannot perverse knowledge and expect people to receive knowledge at your lips. What I'm saying to you is that be careful. Be careful of anything that is coming for your heart. It's coming for your access. You may not see it yet. Many times we don't even know the access it is coming from. For many times we may never know the access it took from us. It is in God's mercy he reveals to us what we lost in that season. Are you still with me? Hello, hello, hello. Are you with me? Amen. We're here. Praise God. We are here. 
So when we worship the Lord, we are keenly aware that the portals of heaven are opening from within us. Thus, releasing knowledge into the earth, releasing goodness, releasing power. So when we do walk in righteousness, we are very aware that the portals of heaven are opening from within us. So the first door you must open is the door within. That's the first door. When I teach you about economic gates, I will teach you about possessing the gates within. Because that was the gate that Lucifer could not possess. The Bible says, by the abundance of your trading, iniquity was found in you. What caused iniquity to enter the heart of Lucifer? Trade, business, entrepreneurship, money. We'll talk about it. <sighs> Waiting at every door of access is the enemy. So Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. That left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of in the first test. So he said to him, since you are God's son, speak the word that will turn these stones into bread. So the very acts of consecration that you take to keep yourself from falling into accusation, Satan will still come for those acts of accusation, or of consecration. Understand what I'm talking about? He is a relentless enemy. So that's why the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant. A priest cannot drink alcohol. A priest that is a gatekeeper, you cannot get intoxicated by anything. Anything. So no matter how much you are enjoying that holiday, you cannot holiday yourself into sin. You cannot holiday into prayerlessness. You cannot vacation into not prophesying. You cannot say, I, I was hurt in church, so I'm just in the season where I'm not doing anything. Who gave you the authority? When did God tell you? The same way you cannot get intoxicated by enjoyment. That is how a priest is not allowed to be intoxicated by pain. You know, pain is an intoxicant. I'll be, is that English correct? Intoxicant. Because sometimes when we're preaching, we just speak English that is explaining. We know what we're trying to say, but the English, we open the gates to new language. Is there something like intoxicant? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, it's correct. <laughs> so, pain is a major intoxicant. You cannot even allow pain to intoxicate you. You are a priest. A priest must maintain soundness of mind, soundness of soul, soundness of spirit. No matter how much Goma entered streets, Hosea was not allowed to misjudge her. Hosea was not allowed to pronounce judgment because you cannot be intoxicated by disappointment as a priest. Are you hearing me? You are not allowed because the fate of the, a generation is hanging on your ability to keep the doors open. To keep the doors open. So people wonder, why would God, why did he always hang the fate of nations upon one man? 
one judge, one king, one deliverer, one Samson, one Samuel. Why did God always do that? Through one man, sin came into the world. It's called the power of one. Satan does not want you to know the power of one. You carry immense power. He's looking for a man that will stand in the gap on behalf of the land. One man can hold a door, can keep it open. And you are that man. You are that person. You just need to agree that you will not let your head be found on the lap of Delilah. You just need to agree. You just need to agree that you will not allow your vulnerability be placed in the hands of people who do not honor your God and do not reverence and serve at the same altars that you serve at. You just need to make up your mind. Because you are that one man. We decide friendships based on altars. We decide alliances based on altars. You know what I'm saying? Because your head is for the salvation of Israel. You cannot place it just anywhere. I hope we are together. Your head is for the salvation of the United States of America. Your head is for the salvation of the oil and gas sector in Nigeria. Your head is for the salvation of non-profits in Kenya. This is your head. You cannot afford to lay it on the lap of Delilah. You cannot afford to tell the secrets of your altar to the prophetesses of Baal. You are not allowed. Because an entire generation, an entire nation can enter into captivity by one man's mistake. In the same way, an entire generation of apostles, men of faith were born because one man, Abishab Benson Dahosa, decided that let God be true and every man be a liar. One man. Then he began to raise people like Duncan Williams, People like Oyedebo, Adeboye, all of these people are beneficiaries of one man's decision to pursue truth. One man. Where are you laying your head? Who is your therapist? Who is your coach? Can I go there? When some of us reset whatever coaching package, ah, now wow, what is uh, Coaches that are ministers. I saw this one's coaching package, $5,000. I just feel like, what exactly are you complaining about? People are paying $12,000 to get one hour to listen to one person that is telling them things that are empty. No power. No ability to open any gate or any door for them. Laying your head, your entire anointing, your entire calling, your entire jurisdiction that God has given to you on the lap of Delilah. You think Delilah is teaching you, but Delilah is cutting your hair. Tell me your secrets. Tell me your secrets. Go ahead. Tell me your secrets. 
What is in your heart? What are you thinking? Why did you do it? Really? Is this how your husband treats you? Oh, your wife said that. Okay, so what is your next big move? What is your next action? Delilah. By the time you finish, yes, you will realize that is you are, in court, doing better, but never doing better. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? You are getting better at spilling secrets, but never getting better at entering secrets. Listen, be wise. It matters who supervises your process in life. It matters. It matters. So there are some places I can never lay my head. No matter how enticing, no matter how sweet, I love, I appreciate who you are. What you have not, you don't have the consecrations needed to bear my head. Very, very important. Somebody say, God, I beg. That's a serious prayer. God, I beg. I take God, take beg you, God. Help me. Make me wise. Make me wise. Open my eyes. Cause me to see. Help me to know. Give me revelation, oh God. Give me the capacity to make the needed decisions. Father, wake me up in the name of Jesus. Wake me up. You know, what I was going to teach you for today, um, also, the other thing I wanted to contribute before I enter covenant, which is number three about gate system, was I was going to teach you about how to recover ancient gates, ancient pathways that God have laid up for you. You know, but we can't go there. So maybe in the morning we'll do recovering the ancient gates and how to enter them. The, the nature of gatekeeper you need to be. And we have to leave you today, tonight. Understand? Because there's one man that has the power to shut down this entire thing we are doing here. His name is Bobby Igenegba. And as we're talking, I know he has come home. All he needs to say is, babes, enough. This thing is getting too much. Understand? So today I was the anyhow I was on my bed. I, I said, Bobby, I'm having a headache. He just said, Look, you need to rest. The way I, I quickly lay down on the pillow because I knew that if I got up and I started walking around after he had said you need to rest, he would not tell me, look, at this thing you are doing, I just have to. I took a pillow position. You understand? So, people of God, at this juncture, and we have to open the gate of him being a wife now. And leave this apostleship on this table, you know. Um, but I know that God has shared a lot. I'm not saying all of this to play down on what we've done today, but um, I believe that the Lord has poured into you today. And there's a wrestle for your destiny. There's a wrestle for your. Can anybody feel the warfare? I feel it in my tummy. And it's, it's a wrestle for your future. It's a wrestle for your tomorrow. It's a wrestle for your inheritance. I feel it so strong. I don't know what it is about this September, but there is something so powerful in the spirit realm. Please, that person that said her book is full, I beg, send me the book because me, I don't have notes. 
Atinuke, send me your notes, please. You know, it's a wrestle in the spirit realm for who you are supposed to be. And there's a mark in September. So I need you to be wise and I need you to be skilled. And when we end sessions like this, please don't just go back to life as normal. Sit with that book and hold it. Read the things out. The gates I possess is the gate I become. Renounce any gates that you've possessed that you don't want to give to the world, that you don't want to give to your children. Some of you have possessed the gate of malice. You don't get it. You understand how malice works. You know how to teach malice as a curriculum. And then you know how to carry malice and give to people. When you enter somebody's life, somebody that was not malicious before starts becoming malicious. And then you know how to say, yes, this is how you have to be wise. You have to be, please, renounce every gate. Some people have become custodians of the gate of Jezebel. Jezebel, please just go back to on over um, defeating the altars of Baal to understand Jezebel and how she works and how Jezebel makes eunuchs of men. A man now becomes a shadow of himself, a cheatable. And that's a spirit that is running wild in our generation. Look at Babi. Did a whole movie of girl, 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 girl. And then the men are like, Odoyo. That's not how God made it. That's not how the man should be. Even if the man, whatever he did, a man needs honor to function. Turn as I'm saying, liberty and freedom. So go back and begin to read the notes we have written. Even me, I need my notes. To be honest, I need the notes, to be honest. Because 90% of the things I say, I have not written them down. So when you hear me saying, there are seven things, number one, you need number two. It's coming from there. It's not here. It's not here. So sometimes I need you to, to, to tell me back what I said so that I'm blessed. So I have to go back. So sit with it, read it, rewatch, releasing. Just declare, declare for yourself that you are going through a school. I don't have to call it a school. Tell people, oh, I'm going through the University of Access. Oh, really? What's that? Is that like a school in, um, in the UK, University of Access? I haven't heard of it. Sounds really prestigious. Yeah, it's a, a prestigious school. Not many people get into it. So globally, we're just like 250 people that they take every year. Wow, really? University of Access. Wow, who runs it? Um, it's a group of people called People of Influence. Wow, influence, my God. Oh, where's the university? Oh, well, they run the course online. So it's, yes, declare that it's a school by yourself. Then send me the certificate that you prepare. We sign it for you and I'll give you. You understand? Add it because after this, you deserve certificates. Don't you think so? Yes, I should give people certificates. Because you've gone to school, you can teach access. When I went to Kenya, one um, pastor said to me, P.I., if you hear the way I preached about Shira, <laughs> he said when he preached the message, eh, the whole hall was on fire. People were on the floor. Then the offering they gave him that day, such as I've never, he has never seen in his life before. He said the way he, he said, his note was everything I thought. I told the man of God, ride on. Preach my sermon. If I when you want to preach it, tell them I'm about to say something you've never heard before. 
I say, preach it. It is yours to take. It's not a hidden revelation. It belongs to the kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? So please, enjoy what the Lord is giving to you. Dine. Apply it to your life. Tell yourself, this one she said, this is this. Ask yourself, who are your ions? Who are the ones that sharpen you? Who are the ones that dive with you? Who are the ones that cover you? Who are your watchers on every level? Apply the learnings to yourself. They are yours to take and to keep. Buy knowledge, sell it not. Somebody asked me, so who is the person that is selling the knowledge? If they say we should buy and not sell, so who are we buying from? So that's to tell you that where you get it is actually no money you used to buy it. You use hunger to buy knowledge. You use diligence to buy knowledge. You use consistency to buy knowledge. Are you hearing me? You, you need to. You say, <laughs> so he said you preach my message. When I hear it, I'll have to give you an honor. I, I agree. Preach it. The way I will be shouting when you are preaching it. As if I've not heard it in my life. God bless you all. I, as you can tell, if you leave me, I'll stay here with you. I love you. I'm, I'm grateful for everybody. I am honored to for God to use me to share with you. Ah, Oluchi, you are from God. Communion. Take your bread and your wine. Everybody, hope you have your communion items. Take it. Praise Jesus. Ilambrande kila sofre higa da bahaya. Sivalambrande de bondo sofre higa skavalida. Lord Jesus, we honor you. Lord Jesus, we honor you. You know, one of the things I would teach when I, I as we finish the effective gate system, part of the eight things is food. And I had a vision once when Jesus spoke to me about food. I will say the full vision tomorrow. But I want you to know that food is a gate. And if you look through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, every time a spiritual activity that is memorable happens, whether in heaven or on earth, food is involved. So when Jesus used food, to represent himself, it is because food is a spiritual token, is a spiritual gateway. So when we hold the bread and we hold the wine, we are opening up ourselves, our families, our children, our generations to the gate of Christ. And so, Lord, we receive the bread and the wine with thanksgiving in our hearts. We receive it for everything that it represents and for who you are to us. Thank you for health in our bodies, in our bones, in our minds, in our spirits. We seal the revelation we have received here today by this communion, and we declare that nothing that you have given us will be stolen from us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may eat the bread and drink the wine. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're grateful for this opportunity to share with you, to dine with you, 
to eat with you. We honor your presence. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. I Amen. You. Good night. And I'll see you at 5 a.m. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. 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 Good night. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Good night, Pia. Thank you. Bye. Hello. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. Can I go